Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District Board Meeting of October the 19th. Um, all the members are present tonight, except for Richard Tibaldron Jeshman. It is now 4.30, and Richard will not be joining us this evening, but all the other six board members will be here. Um, we will be now going to closing right now to into closed session, and we'll be back by 5.30 to open up the, the open part of this meeting. Thank you. Everyone, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the, the Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District Board of Education meeting for October the 19th. This is a, the open session part of the meeting. Um, let us take a roll call. Um, I don't know if the students are online because they're not here present. Mira Wagabasa? Here. Okay. Thomas Drummond? Okay, not, not on yet. Jen Smith? Here. Alicia Mignano? Here. Um, Lori Lieberman? Here. John King? Here. And Stacy Krauss? Here. And Maria Lima, I'm here. Okay, so we can begin the meeting. Um, can we all stand up? We, we'll do it as, as, as everybody, um, Pledge of Allegiance, please. We stand, place your hand over your heart. Ready, begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Oh, this monitor isn't on. Oh, the other one went off now. Okay, so let me just read out something that we had in, from closed session. And this is um, DN 10102324, um, settlement, a final settlement agreement, which reads as follows. As compensatory education only, and not, to, not subject to stay put or part of an IEP, the district agrees that students private one-on-one one -on -one, one -on -one aid may serve as students one-on-one -on -one aid at school, for the 2023-2024 regular school year only, provided that the one-on-one aid completes and satisfies all of the district's requirements necessary to come on students' students' school camps. The district agrees that the students' one-on-one -on -one private aid may accompany student on campus and the district will, will reimburse parent for the cost of the student's private aid at a rate not to exceed $36 per hour for six hours per day during school hours only and on the days that the student is scheduled to attend school day, excluding holidays, weekends, vacations, or any other non-calendar school day. Total amount not to exceed $38,880, and there are no attorney's fees. Motion was made by Jen, seconded by Stacy, and, and it was six present, six A's, I's, and one absent, which is Richard. He's not gonna be joining us tonight. Okay, so that is that one. Um, now, the. Uh, Move on to the approval of the agenda. I was informed that we need to um, move um, item J2, which is the administrative appointment to follow the commendations. So with that change, uh, Jen moves it, seconded by Alicia. Um, let's take that vote. Mira? Yes. Thomas? Let me see. Jen? Yes. Alicia? Lori? 
Yes. John? Yes. Stacy? Yes. And it's a yes by me. So the uh, agenda is passed with that change, with that move. Um, approval of the minutes. Can I get a motion to approve the October 5th, 2023 minutes? Moved by Stacy, seconded by Jen. Any any changes, edits, nothing? Okay, so let's take that vote. Mira? Yes. Thomas? Like I'll keep mentioning Thomas and TV comes on line. Jen? Yes. Alicia? Yes. Lori? Yes. John? Stacy? Yes. Yes, by me. Okay, so we move on now to um, tonight's fabulous evening where we're going to do commendations, recognition of our student scholars here at Santa Monica, Malibu. So, um, Gail, I think you're on. And these are College Board National Recognitions of AP and National Merit. Good evening, Board President Leon Vasquez, Vice President Dr. Tildren Jesswin, who's not here, Superintendent Dr. Shelton, Executive Cabinet, and guests. Tonight, I have the pleasure of introducing to the board nearly 60 Malibu High and Santa Monica High School students who have all been honored recently by national organizations, National Merit Scholar Program, College Board Academic Honors, and earning perfect scores on advanced placement tests. First, I will share a little bit about each award, then we can call the students who are in attendance for the award, the specific awards, and present them with a certificate of recognition from the school board, then we'll take a group photo. One Malibu High student and two Samo High students have been named as National Merit Scholarship Program semifinalists and two Malibu High School students and 12 Samo High students have been named as commended this year. These semifinalists are among the highest PSAT scores in the nation. They're amongst 50,000 students of 1.5 million who took the exam, and that's how many received the recognition. We would also like to celebrate 40 students awarded with academic honors from College Board National Recognition Programs. These programs celebrate students' hard work in high school and showcase their strong academic performance. The academic honors for rural area, Black, Indigenous, and or Latino students, providing an opportunity for students to share their strong academic achievements with colleges and scholarship programs that are seeking to revert, recruit diverse talent. Eligible students who meet certain criteria, including GPA, PSAT scores, and are part of one of the mentioned groups are invited to apply for this honor. And finally, we would like to celebrate two students, one from Malibu, one from Samo High, who are two of only 337 students nationally recognized with a perfect score on the Advanced Placement Two-Dimensional Art and Design exam, taken by approximately 49,000 students. This is quite the accomplishment to earn every point possible on an AP exam. I'll start by calling these two students and go back, um, and we will announce for the earlier honors. Okay, so Malibu High School senior Molly O'Neill, she's not here, but we will congratulate her. But we do have Samo High student Emmeline Thorpe here. Come on up. Oh, 
Emily, why don't you stand over here for a minute? Because I have to go. We have to dig through these to get all the right reports. <laughs> Thank you. Congr oh, thanks, Sarah. I'm Sarah. Okay. So for the Santa Monica High School, we have both national merit winners here, Milo Bernini and Justin Z. Zhu. Sorry. Come on up and let's congratulate Milo and Justin. Okay, we have from Malibu High School for the College Board National Recognition Awards list, we have Chloe Loquette and Jolie Tantet from Malibu High School, both grade 11 here, I believe. And also with the College Board National Recognition, we have, come on up as I call your name, um, Anka Jav Jovanic, Jovanovic, I apologize, Aurora Alu, Bella Moneta, Catherine Santiago, Leah Main, Luca Marches, Maya Gillerman, Yahira Hernandez. And did we miss anybody who's here whose name I didn't call? Um, Maria, would you like to say a couple words while Dr. Shelton is handing out the awards and then we'll, Dr. Shelton will say a few words as well. Well, congratulations, all you students. I think it's always a pleasure for us to, to see all of you and all the accolades for all your hard work that you put into to, to your schoolwork and, and being in doing well on these exams. These are hard exams. I, I realize that. So for all of you that we're, um, we're, we're able to surpass and be on the top. That's even great. So I think we're getting ready to take pictures and just to, and we have, you said how many students all together, Gail? There were 59, 59. all together in oh, with all the honors. Um, and it's nice that all of you are here tonight to celebrate in person. Dr. Shelton, would you like to say a few words and I can take that? Yes, so people can hear you. Otherwise, I just want to say congratulations to each one of you. What you have accomplished, so many people wish they had accomplished. Um, your hard work and dedication is key to the success that I know, and I know your teachers believe, as well as your parents believe, is just the beginning of the success that you will treat, achieve throughout the course of your academic career and into your personal life as well as professional life. So congratulations to each one of you. And we are honored that you are part of our school district and that we have had some, some small contribution in the work that you have done. Congratulations to each one of you. Congratulations. And also we have Myra, our student board member from Samo High. She's also an award winner as well. Um, and if I could get the school board up now, Mira, sorry.
Yay, Mira. I, I, I realized that I, I remember signing your certificate. I go, they didn't mention you. I was ready to. <laughs> but congrats, because from what I understand, this opens a lot of, for those that are applying for um, college, a lot of opportunities for scholarships. So congrats to all of you and good luck to you for you get as much money as you can out of this. <laughs> you deserve it. You earned it. Okay, so now we move on. Uh, if you need to go on and study, go ahead, because our meeting will go on for a couple more hours or so. Um, let me go ahead and move J2 so that we can make the appointment, the administrative appointment. So um, J2 will be moved over up to right now. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you, students. Good luck. Thank you, students and parents. Okay, okay, yeah. So we're gonna go have the superintendent, you wanna introduce our new appointee? Okay. Administrative appointment? We have Dr. Ashley Benjamin. Come on up, Ashley. <laughs> Dr. Ashley Benjamin is no stranger to SMMUSD. She tonight, uh, will be recommended uh, to the board as the new Director of Curriculum and Instruction. It is my pleasure to announce the appointment of Dr. Benjamin. Dr. Benjamin is a familiar face in SMMUSD, having served here for nine years, currently as the principal of McKinley Elementary School. Prior to McKinley, she was the assistant principal for Franklin Elementary. She brings a total of 19 years of educational experience to her new role. While at McKinley, she led the school to impressive academic gains, as well as accomplishments, such as the 2022 California Department of Education Pivotal Practice Award for Excellence during Distance Learning, and led McKinley to become the first Abbott Elementary School in SMMUSD. Got to give a shout out. AVID is the advanced via individual determination program available previously only in middle and high schools. Dr. Benjamin has been a part-time adjunct professor at Cal State Northridge, supervising and coaching students. And this past spring, she taught a master's course on English language arts and English language development for diverse learners. Dr. Benjamin has earned two bachelor's degrees from the University of Southern California, one in gender studies and one in education. A master's degree in social and multicultural foundations of education from Cal State Long Beach, where she received an award for outstanding research in education for her thesis. And a doctorate from USC in K through K-12 leadership. Her doctoral dissertation was a unique action plan project supporting a local school district with closing the achievement gap for Latinx English learners. Dr. Benjamin has served as the Associate Association of California School Administrators as a director of at-large and is currently the vice president of curriculum and instruction for Region 14. Dr. Ben Benjamin is a proven curriculum leader in our district with deep knowledge of state standards, social justice standards, supporting professional development and leading students to success. We congratulate her on her new position and know she will have continued success serving our students, families, staff, and McKinley Elementary. 
So we appreciate you giving us this opportunity to continue to grow your professional career with us. Dr. Benjamin. You can say a couple words if you would like. Well, let's vote. Oh, let's vote, vote on that. Y'all vote on that. You can't say thank you until we, we hire her. Okay. Okay. All those, uh, who's going to move? Yeah, moved by Lori, seconded by Alicia. Okay. Take that vote. Mira? Yes. Okay. I don't know if Thomas is on. If not, Jen? Yes. Alicia? Yes. Lori? Yes. John? Yes. Stacy? Yes. And a yes by me. Aha. You're, you're in. So now you're now official. You're official. You moved now to you the new position. Yes. Share with us, Ashley. Thank you so much. There we go. <laughs> yes, my first test. I've passed. All right. Thank you so much, Board of Education, Dr. Shelton. I feel so excited and honored to serve in this new role, and I really look forward to supporting all the students in the district and feeling a sense of belonging, curiosity, and empowerment. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Alrighty, so now we move on to um, superin oh, yeah, superintendent report. Thank you so much, uh, school board members um, and our uh, executive staff. We, as I said, we are excited to have Ashley Benjamin, um, former uh, McKinley principal, now a part of our team. I hate to say it like that, Ashley, but that's what you are. Uh, and we are excited to have you uh, to be a member of our team to carry on the work that we know is so important to all of the success of our entire uh, school district. We know that you will replicate the great progress that you've already made with students and staff at McKinley Elementary School. Um, today, uh, SMMUSD schools and offices all participated in the annual Great California Shakeout uh, at on 1019 at 1019, practicing earthquake safety and preparation. The annual drill gives us the opportunity to have staff and students go through our practice of drop cover and hold on, evacuate from buildings, check our supplies and train everyone on the process. With our new district office here, we evacuated on to the Santa Monica High School field and witnessed strong student cooperation during their evacuation to different parts of the school grounds. 
We had similar reports from our school sites. We returned from the evacuation and established our EOC, which is the Emergency Operations Center, where we connected via phone site leaders to support them and their needs during this drill. We keep track of issues and solve problems as if it was a real emergency. Our drill included how we may communicate with parents, staff, our partner agencies, and media during an actual emergency. We also discuss what may be needed in terms of supplies, food, and water for our students and staff if needed. This allows us time to reflect and debrief to determine how to most effectively respond to an actual emergency and support our schools. I appreciate how our students and staff take this drill seriously and learn how to be ready in case of an earthquake, fire, or other emergency. I don't think people often think about the process, but this is a very important process to go through all of our emergency drills to ensure that our students, our staff, uh, all know what it is we need to do uh, in case there is an emergency. Um, and on this day in particular, all of our entire district uh, does this and we go through scenarios to ensure uh, that the safety protocols that we believe should be in place um, are followed. And if you don't know this, we also do a reflection. We do a debrief here in this room uh, and go back over what can we improve, what we can do better, how we can adjust some things, what didn't go so well. Um, I think those are the most important parts of any type of drill that you will do. I also wanted to share real quickly, I often uh, try to get to schools and visit uh, classrooms. And uh, last week I had the opportunity to, to stop at Franklin Elementary. Um, it is awesome to see our little ones um, in action, specifically our TK and kindergartners. Uh, as a former high school principal, I'm used to secondary big kids. Um, but now seeing our little kids, where all of this learning begins and where everything that we talk about from the social justice standards to diversity and equity, inclusion and belonging and connectedness means everything uh, as little kids. Um, it was a wonderful experience to see how our students are gaining the knowledge that we said we wanted to provide to them. Uh, I just so happened to be in a class and one of our kids asked me, so what, what do you do? And, and oftentimes it's not the easiest thing to describe what a superintendent does to a five-year-old. And I shared with the little, little one, I said, well, um, I'm like a principal. I was a principal. And another kid shouts, so you're an extra principal? I said, yeah, I'm an extra principal. But what they were doing with the uh, iPad and, and just using the tools that are put in their hands, I, I'm amazed because of the fact that I'm seeing actually what we're talking about being exercised in the classroom. And those are key things to the success of what we say we wanna do with all of our students. So I applaud the principal over at Franklin uh, for his good work and his assistant principal and the teachers in the classroom who are striving to do what's right. Um, and as I say, we're not perfect, but one of the things that we're striving to do is get better each day. And when we have issues, we address those issues, those concerns, and provi provide professional development in the areas that we need the most support. So thank you so much uh, to our school board members for allowing us uh, to lead our schools in a manner in which we're preparing students 
for the future to be productive citizens and also one day to take on the jobs that you have and the job that I have and our teachers in our school community. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Superintendent Shelton. Okay, um, we're gonna move forward. Uh, public comments, were you gonna do those? So Jen, Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong. I do not see any public comments for things that are agendized tonight, so. We have somebody in the audience, I guess. Okay. Okay, or general public comments. Okay, so I guess you have one for later. Okay, let's move on. The consent, uh, before we move on to the consent, I've been asked to, to um, post pull I, consent item number G3, Roman numeral 11. And we're gonna postpone that. Again, item number G3, Roman, Roman numeral 11 will be pulled in, and postponed for an, another meeting. And with that, can I get a motion for the consent calendar? Moved by Lori, seconded by Jen. All those, let's take the, the roll. Uh, Mira? Yeah. Jen? Yes. Lori? Yes. Alicia? Yes. John? Yes. Stacy? Yes. And I'm a yes too, so that passes. Okay, so now we move on. This is moving very quickly, okay. I know I caught you guys off guard. Huh? Um, <laughs> okay, now we move on to, to um, the study session, you know. Um, Yeah, yeah. Dr. Williamson? Black Metrics Report, part two. Good evening, Board President Maria Leona Vasquez, Board Members, Superintendent Dr. Shelton, Deputy Superintendent Dr. Kelly, Cabinet Members and Audience. I'm here tonight to present to you the Quarter One Lag Metrics Reports, part two. Part one was done on September 21st. So this is a follow-up with more additional information and it's part two. So as a reminder, our work is defined by our three LCAP goals. Goal one is that we have graduates that are socially just and ready for college and careers. Goal two is that our English learners will become proficient in English while engaging in a rigorous culturally and linguistically responsive standards aligns core curriculum. And goal three that states that all students and families engage in a safe, well-maintained school that are culturally responsive and conducive to 21st century learning. As we've been discussing, we have a cycle of inquiry in our district. Throughout the year, we engage in four cycles of inquiry. This presentation is still part of the first cycle of inquiry as we are still looking at our lag data from 22-23. We'll be reviewing the data metrics that have been identified in our LCAP. The data in blue will be presented tonight and the data in the dark gray will be presented at a later date when the data becomes available. Majority of this data will appear in the California dashboard, which will be released in December and then reported out to the board in January of 2024. You always wanna see the students, right, to the data. So tonight you actually got to see the faces to the data that I'm about to present. So as we mentioned before, LCAP goal one states that all graduates are socially just and ready for college and careers. So we give the SAT and it's a data point that we use to measure a high, uh, the high school students readiness for college and then provide colleges with one or more common data points that can be used to compare all applicants. 
During the 22-23 school year, 75% of our seniors from both Santa Monica and Malibu participated in the assessment. As you can see, the reading and writing and math scores are very similar to the percentages that we saw on our state testing. The PSAT scores are designed to predict what the SAT scores will be and to gauge college readiness. And by taking the PSAT, students will learn in what areas they should focus on and study for the SAT. In the 22-23 school year, we had 86% of our 10th graders participate and 80% of our 11th graders that participated. And again, we see very similar results with how our students scored in both of those areas across the board. As we continue to look at our LCAP goal one, which strives to have all graduates socially just and ready for college and careers, we know that this begins at a very early age. So each spring, the kindergarten teachers complete the early development instrument called the EDI, which Susan explained in her last presentation in great detail, and they conduct an assessment for each child based on the teacher observations. The teachers then submit their observations to a protected system that aggregates our district data to help us understand the school's, the child's readiness for school. The vulnerable rates within the data is defined as a student who is likely to experience problems later in school. Last spring, our data showed that we had a 1% increase between last year to this year. We went from 12% to 13% of our kindergartners who scored at the most vulnerable rate. In regards to our foster youth, we are happy to share that in the 22-23 school year, 100% of our foster youth had literacy culmination or graduation and post-secondary plans that were grade level appropriate. When it comes to reclassification for the 22-23 school year, we reclassified 142 students. I'll say that again, 142. So the year prior we had done 106, so we had a 14% reclassification rate the year prior, and then last year we had a 20.8% reclassification rate. We also wanna highlight our LTEL data for the 22-23 school year. It was 113 students, which as you can see is a significant decrease from the years prior. This is attributed to the hard work that teachers and site administrators are doing to help our students on a daily basis. Some data was added to the presentation since the posting as yesterday we had the CDE release some of our chronic absenteeism data. So our chronic absenteeism data is reported twice for each school year on two different platforms. You have the California dashboard, which is released in December and it looks at grades K through eight. You also have DataQuest, which just released yesterday, and that data looks at grades K through 12. So the data you see is going to look different when I share it again the next time, because it's looking at different grade level spans. For our grades K through 12 for the 22-23 school year, our school chronic absenteeism rate is 19.8%. It has gone down. Last school year, it was 23.5%. We're also below the county and state numbers. So I did the screenshot comparison so you can see what we look like according to the county and the state, and you can see what it looked like in the 21-22 and the 22-23 school year. So you can see that we have had a decrease. Far as excited. As part of our LCAP goal three, we want to um, all students and families to engage in a safe, well-maintained school that are culture responsive and conducive to 21st century learning. And so we administer the California Healthy Kids Survey as a requirement as a part of our ed code. It's an anonymous confidential survey of school climate and safety, student wellness and youth resiliency. It is administered to students at grades five, seven, nine and 11. 
and it enables the schools and um, the community an opportunity to collect and analyze data regarding the local youth, youth risks, behaviors, school connectedness, and school climate. Their survey is part of a comprehensive data-driven decision-making process on improving school climate and our students' learning environment. When looking at the data from the 22 to the 23 school year, and we're looking at the year prior, we noticed that participation rates dropped in fifth grade from the last time we administered it. And that's due to the learning of the fact that in the past we were doing a opt out option for fifth grade. And the law is very clear to say fifth grade is opt in. Opt out is only for secondary. So we had to correct that practice last year. And so by doing that, we didn't have as many kids participate in the survey because we had to actually gain parents permission in fifth grade for them to take it. And then in secondary, you don't get permission. It's an opt out system. So it's very different and can be confusing. So in fifth grade, we have to say, will you let us take the survey with your child? The parent has to say yes. In secondary, the parent has to be the one to reach out to the school and say, no, I do not want them to participate. So this year we've started a little bit earlier. We've already been advocating to parents starting now in the elementaries, and we've been communicating with them and trying to get them to opt in, explaining the importance of the survey, and hopefully we'll see our numbers go up again next year. We did see great growth. Do you want to point out for our parents, we went from last 305 parents to 940. And that actually is the most parents we've had in the last few years. Staff went up a, a large amount from 171 to 410. And then you see a big growth in uh, seventh grade from 433 to 602. You see about the same in ninth and about the same in 11th, but we do have some things to celebrate as we're hearing more voices and we're having more input that we can look at. When we're looking at the areas that we've identified from this survey in our LCAP, that's why we select these particular questions because we've called them out in the LCAP as an important area for our district. When students, staff, and parents were asked about feeling safe at school and school connectedness, we're happy to report that we saw growth or similar responses in all of our subgroups. When we're looking at the next section, you'll notice at the very top left, you see an NA. So just to explain that, I, I said it last year, but in the 21-22 school year, the survey eliminated the question about school allowing input and welcoming parent contributions, but we contacted them and asked them to add it back for our particular needs because it's an indicator in our LCAP. So they added it back to the 22-23 school year, and they'll have it again in the 23-24 so that we can have a comparable piece of data. So we saw a slight decrease in the area of schools actively seeking input from parents, which will need to be addressed but we did see a 42% increase in working environment and staff collegiality, which is wonderful. And I think that also comes with more staff taking the survey, right? When you're happy, why are you gonna take a survey to complain? But I feel like it's just really showing that staff does feel like they're in a good environment and they're happy in their workplace. We also administer the climate and culture survey in the fall, which is more aligned to Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District's initiative. So this one we create and we design it based on what information we're seeking around diversity, equity, inclusion, around um, students' involvement and in, in safetyness in the school, and if they have someone that they can go and speak to on campus. And it's more derived off of our initiatives, whereas the last survey is more of a state ed code requirement. So this one we can customize a lot more for our needs. So some of the findings of this showed that the respondents said that they had a higher satisfaction with our school instructional expectations. And most parents have had positive feedback with their experiences when attending events and being a part of the school community. Parents are asking schools to maintain effective communication 
between them and the administrators. And parents are saying that when they do participate in school activities, they feel connected, but there needs to be more opportunities provided for them. They like the ones they get to go to, but they'd like to have more. Some areas of need include enhancing structures to include and elicit student voice and to allow for students to effectively and confidentially raise issues as they occur. So in this survey, students report an increased challenge related to discrimination based on their race ethnicity compared to previous years. We kind of discussed this in June when I brought forward to you guys the local indicators for the dashboard. Um, so we are still reporting out that same information from before, but with these findings, we're in need of more information. So we've talked to Hanover who does the climate and culture survey, and we've said that we wanna partner with them to conduct both staff interviews and focus groups with students to figure out what's going on and to get more answers as to what does that mean to you. So you say that you're experiencing some situations of discrimination, what are they? You say that you have no one safe on campus to speak to, why is that? So we're gonna be going into those conversations. Another piece that we found was um, behavior being a rise in the classrooms with teachers. So we wanna get more information as to what do you mean by behaviors? What behaviors are you seeing? What supports are you needing? Um, what does that look like support-wise from the district that we can offer to you? So a lot of those pieces are still coming forward. So in November, we're gonna be launching that. Um, we will only be interviewing secondary students because only a few grade levels in elementary take it. Most of the responses of these types came from our secondary students. So we're focusing on them. And we're also doing the interviews in a focus group setting so that they have a more comfortable situation and not just one-on-one -on -one with, with the um, interviewer. So we will be doing that in November and we'll be bringing you guys a full report. Here. Promising practices. So <laughs> next step. So we will continue to use Navience and provide targeted outreach to families. In addition, we will implement the use of restorative justice strategies and our responsive classroom practices. So this year, the initiative started from Dr. Shelton that we want to have restorative justice in all of our schools. We want all of our staff trained, district office, site staff, everyone. So this is going to be a two-year initiative. So this year is the first year that we're engaging in getting everyone trained. We have quite the amount of people to train. So it will take a little bit of time for it to happen, but it is needed based on what we're seeing from the results of both our, um, our, our um, I can't think of the word right now, qualitative and quantitative data. We want to continue to expand the support of our social, emotional, and mental health to students. And we're gonna continue with the SMMUSD newsletter as we've had great feedback from families and they find it helpful. And then lastly, we will continue to use the Elevation platform to monitor our EL students' progress towards reclassification. And we want to continue to looking at expanding that social, emotional, mental health to students and then expanding our partnership with Trivacy to provide training on diversity, equity, and inclusion and working with staff and students to create positive experiences on a daily occurrence. So our next steps will include collaborating with student outreach specialists to provide necessary supports to students with high absenteeism rates. We wanna strengthen partnerships with various parent groups to increase communication. And this year we'll be reinstating SMMUSD parent conferences. So we've already started the process of recruiting parents for CAVE, which is happening in February in Anaheim. So we're gonna be reaching out to see which of our parents would like to attend, and we're gonna be sending them to conferences again this year. So it's very exciting. There's a few others coming up, but that's the big one that we were just discussing. And so we've already signed up some of the district, but we're gonna be having parents join us as well. So we're excited about that. Are there any questions? Questions? 
Okay, no, whatever, questions or comments, questions, whatever. Comments. Go ahead. Go ahead, Alicia. I just want to say that I really found, um, yes, oh, okay. <laughs> where do I even start? Um, I think Jen and I were at a meeting where it was LA versus hate. And we also, there's a reporting, the 211. And I just want to, to share that information. I know that we are working on our own reporting and working on focus groups. So I'm happy to hear that we're working on that. And we're also collaborating with LA versus hate. That's one comment. And then the second comment, I really like this um, appendix, um, this presentation, the achievement. This is the first time I've seen it. The achievement initiative, is this new? Which appendix? It's the, the one at the very end, it's end of the year. SIA Achievement Initiative. Is it this one? Yes. So this one is from Tara Brown's office. So it was in last year's as well. It's just a report okay. that we get at the end for our district. And it's where, so she can make a decision as to how to move forward with sites and how to support them best. But that's what, um, from Tara Brown's office. That's from Tara Brown's mm -hmm. office. Well, this is a very comprehensive report. I'm very happy to see it. That's Great. my comment. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead, Lauren. Um, um, I'm trying to figure out how to sh share this. It's page nine. The just the data about um, percentage of students, parents, and staff who feel safe at school, and then connect students, and they're feeling connected. Oh, it says nine on. Mm -hmm. I found it. <laughs> okay. All oh, right. It was updated. So when I printed it out, it was nine. Um, anyway, you know what page it is. Um, I I just was thinking about when I saw it, that I, first of all, it's great that the numbers have gotten better. So that's number one. But my real comment goes to what is sort of the obvious, or I guess I would expect, but it still depresses me, which is that the older a student gets, the less connected they feel and or the less safe students and parents feel. And the it is clear that way. Um, that kind of correlates with the, the findings we had. Remember the talks about how people felt that they were experiencing some type of racism or discrimination and they had no one safe to speak to. I think that would be connected to that as well. And so that's why we really want to do those focus groups to find out what is that barrier? Why do you have these feelings and how can we then create an avenue to help you and support what you need? Uh, yes, it could be that. And it I, might I be other things. It it's, be. I mean, it's hard to know because I you can't pick apart the data. It just, you know, I, I, I just, I just think of Antonio's description of going to an elementary school, and even though those were younger kids, it's just true that the whole experience of growing up is different. And uh, when you're a child, a younger child, you're more innocent. The spaces that everywhere that exist everywhere are much more warm and enveloping and I mean this is a generalization but and then the older we get parents are less connected kids push away parents I mean, there's so many things going on and so many dimensions as kids get older but I I just think it's something to be aware of and to and yes maybe kids are more aware of all kinds of issues not just what we would consider discrimination but just there are so many more challenges to being when you're a teenager. <laughs> you were all teenagers once, and and it's a much harder time to be one now, I think. 
It, it is. And, and one of the things you bring up, I think kids find their voice too. The older they get, the more aware of how they are perceived, the more aware of how they feel about something, and also they can actually explain it. Um, and what we have to do is, I know people talk about the DEI piece, but that's a part of figuring out how do we support kids from different backgrounds so that we bring them into the community. Um, no kid should have to change to be a part of a community. The kid should be able to be who the kid or student is in the community. And then they are part of the community. Um, and, and those are the things that we have to, when we talk about the practices, because Lori, you're, you're totally right. You know, as a, as a high school, once a high school principal, you see, yes, an extra principal, you see how kids, there are times when there's this disconnect with, and, and then when they find that connection, whether it's art, whether it's sports, but there is a pocket of kids that don't have those connections. Now it's our job to figure out how do we create those connections for those, for those students so that they feel a part of it. The other piece of it is, is bringing a greater awareness um, to what type of community we want to have. You know, LA versus hate is a part of that. RJ, restorative practices is a part of that because what kids understand and what we teach them, they also take home. And what kids are taught at home, they also bring it to school. So we are in this competing environment that uh, when we are providing an education, we also have to provide professional development because not all of our educators come from diverse backgrounds. Not all of our educators understand some of these aspects that they're walking into as far as who's walking into their classroom. So through professional development and support, we have to train who we want. And also through the beginning of this year, we talked about a story, the storytelling. Once you reflect on who you are as the individual, then you actually can begin to show the kids who you are. Um, and, and that part of it combines to make a better atmosphere for the academics. Kids don't learn from people they don't like. Do you? None of us do. So the thing we have to do is we have to focus on the social justice standard where we reflect on where kids come from. I, I think back, Roosevelt, some of you've had kids at Roosevelt and you know now principal at Roosevelt, what she's doing is she's bringing in curriculum and books that reflect the population so the kids can connect to and be proud of who they are in the space, creating that connectedness. And then that also encourages that voice when they get older to talk about how we can help support them. And I believe at the end of the day, and I'll stop talking after this, at the end of the day, what will happen through these interviews, we will gain an understanding of what it is we need to do to continue to support kids even further. Because it's not a horrible number, but there's a gap there that we need to uh, connect our kids to. I would love to see 80 or 90, hopefully 100%, but I'd love to see us grow in that area. So that's why we're talking to Hanover about specifically how do we engage and get more kids so we can see how we can move forward to better educate our staff on supporting our students. All right, John, and then Stacey. 
see you have to wait all right so i have one comment and then one question for you stacy so i guess you can tune out for the first part um i i hear us talking and i think this board has a commitment toward reaching students that have not had that advocate on campus students who have not historically had a voice on campus and that is a commitment we have all made i do want to say and i say this cautiously that i hope when we talk about diversity equity and inclusion we talk about all of our diverse students which is all of them and that inclusion is a 100 inclusion that we do not have students who feel like they do not have a voice because they do not come from a historically marginalized um i see it I see it more on college campuses than I do on our campus, but I think it's it's a it's a process that's that that begins in high school where certain students might feel less willing to speak in a in a in a space. And like you said, this this comes from the adults. We we need to, like we talk about in middle school, we need to outlove them. In, in high school, we need to create those relationships and that that respect so the kids feel um, that it's a safe place for them to learn. And I know that we're working on that. I just wanted to say it to put it out there so that we don't feel like we're because because it is I, I thought it was amazing I remember a few years ago you did a, a program where we all talked about diversity and it, it really made all of us tap into things that do make us diverse and unique um and things that we can be proud of in our own past so I so it's your fault that I think this way <laughs> thank you for doing that because I, I I reach back to that a lot that was a powerful uh program um on the on this presentation sorry Stacy now it's for you oh, you're good. I think I brought this up a year or so ago, and I'm not sure if you were here for that. So it seems that we have the SAT on this data uh, because we believe that is a measure of college preparedness. Um, I'm curious, A, I'm curious why we have this on as, as a metric. B, I'm curious if we're going to keep it as a metric. Can we get some other data points that gives us a sense of how our students are doing? Because it's an aptitude test. We're never going to get to 100. We're probably never going to get to 60 because it's aptitude. And you're not supposed to. Everybody's not supposed to do the same. So what it, what are we pulling from this? Or is what we're pulling from this by the students engaging in it, it then prepares them. Like engaging in an AP class prepares them whether they pass the AP test or not. So what is the goal of the SAT? And, and are there other data points you could bring in that would maybe uh, support us a little more? We can learn more. I'll half answer you. So the year prior to my arrival is when the LCAP was written, and it's a three-year cycle. So whatever conversation was had at the time with all of the educational partners and all of the different people that were on, on the committees to make the writing happen, they identified it as a data point. So then once it's identified, we're required to keep that data point for the three-year cycle. And so we report on it each year. We are now ending that three-year cycle. So we are in the uh, impasse opportunity where we can change it. So in the 24-25 school year, we're starting the next three-year cycle for LCAP. And so at this time is when, with, right now, we actually should be starting on the LCAP. So we should be working with our uh, different partners and stuff. I know we're in like a limbo portion, but we have the opportunity right now to decide each measure by measure. Do we want to keep this? Do we want to use this? Do we want to eliminate? Do we want to replace it with something? And so this is a good time to have those conversations and determine whether or not we would or would not want to keep it. And they're also revising the LCAP and they're changing what kind of metrics we have to report out on. So they haven't shared with us what the new template will look like. We'll get that in January, but they're gonna start training soon to tell us like what those measures will look like. And then we can make an informed decision about what we wanna have moving forward. And then we can outline them. And then the next three years, we look and see what the progress looks like towards those. Great, that's terrific. Thank you so much. And just as I say, thank you. I just wanna thank you for 
Um, you, you've done a lot of jobs over the past few months. And I know now that we've hired Dr. Benjamin to step in, I just want to thank you for the work thank you've you. done these past few months. Appreciate that. Thank you. Teamwork. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. My question, when you were mentioning right now, they, what do you mean they? Is it the state that gives us stuff or is it us? It's LACO. So LACO, LACO okay. provides us with a template and tells us what we're required to have as our reporting out system. And then based off of that, we just say, okay, I'll just say like, let's say that there's three columns that we have and we have three metrics to pick. We get to pick the metrics, but they tell us how many we have to pick. And then once we pick them, we have to report out on them consistently for three years. Mm -hmm. So we're waiting to see yeah, what the new yeah. template will look like. It's not going to look the same as it did this past time. Oh, okay, great. Okay. Then I mean, I guess the other, the other, the other big, big thing, and I do agree in terms of what Dr. You know, what our superintendent, Dr. Shelton, has mentioned in terms of of, of students learn from from teachers that they they like. Mm -hmm. And one of the key things that I think when I was there at the homecoming game is the fact that you we, we the the teachers over there, I guess, had participated in what is what was it um like a, the they were being silly. They're they're being but lip singing. Lip singing. There you go. Lip singing. Audience. And and so thank you, Daniel. <laughs> and I think it was great because just the enthusiasm just from watching the 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 commitment that the, the teachers there are 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 you know are getting involved with these activities on their campuses and the students having fun with it. And and you know that that's what you really need is to be able to understand that these that the teachers are there for them. And to support them, but they also have to have times of having fun and being silly with them too, because that's all part. The whole thing you talk, you, you, they talk about little kids is let's have fun, right? That part of it, they're learning is to have fun when they're learning, and I think that goes all throughout K twelve, I think, mm -hmm. or pre K through twelve. That fun should always, always be there, because if not, you're there and you can't find, uh, you know, something there for you. I think and, even as an adult, you yeah, yeah, we do. We have to have fun. Everybody has to laugh. You know, the more we laugh and have. I think I really believe it. It really equates to you having a good health that you have to laugh. And sometimes when you do something dumb, you think you can't, I kind of find it and laugh at it because at this point, okay, whatever it happened. But, um, but I'm hoping that, that this coming year um, that we do, even for those families, even as we look at the, you know, the absentee, you know, that the chronic absenteeism and just for those students who are still, I mean, I, I can I can tell you I can walk you can probably walk around the campuses and see the kids are not that are not connecting. But at one point, I mean, who will go up to that student and say, "Hey, what, what's going on?" and just connect mm -hmm. because that's usually what happens, you know. And 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 so for me, it's like I don't know. You know, I mean, you can have all the professional development you want, but really, a lot of it comes from the heart. It comes from from the corazón of the commitment of of, of teachers to be teachers. And they're out there for, to helping all the students. So I'm hoping that 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 becomes something that that it will they will see other teachers and getting involved, and it will happen. They'll 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 get involved too. And my other key thing that I've always said that we really need to go do, you know, when when we can't reach the student and we can't reach families, that we do home visits. That's been my key thing that we need to do home visits and and see what we can do. You know, that if they don't, we try to outreach and they don't, then we have to at least go see what's going on. You know, and I think we've seen it a lot with some of our students that have come through the pipeline and things aren't working out. I mean, you know, it's that's life, but we need to help be, be able to be part of being able to help in that respect with families too, because it's not just a student, but it's families too that we need to. Yeah, okay. um, it's okay. You keep mixing it up. It's good for us. <laughs> it's creative. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and I, um, I know that 
one thing I appreciate about is the context you put this all in, that this is one small piece and it's not everything we're doing, mm -hmm. um, but because of how it gets reported up and down, it's an important thing. Um, and so as we move into this next um, LCAP, in, a, in addition to the kinds of things um, John was talking about, I think letting whoever it is on that LCAP and out in the community that we are able to change within their framework and what best practices are. Because I think it's so easy to just, this is what we've done and this is what we know. Um, and so I really appreciate um, your ability to foster that robust conversation about what should be on there. Because I we've talked before about things come down and we have to report, but they're not always in line with how kids really learn or what they really need, or even what the world we're supposed to be preparing them for is asking. And even in this window of, of um, the state and then the county saying, this is the framework, we can still give feedback back upward and share what's important in that space. And I think that's vital for us to continue to be educational leaders to do that, um, not just to speak out, but even within our kids. And I really appreciate the conversation that Lori started and that we all participated in about that engagement for our middle school and high school kids. Um, and we know it's multifaceted and we talked about several of those of those pieces and connection, I think is key, regardless of, of where that goes. Um, even I think this brings in their connections to each other and to those safe adults and in the classroom, but um, even um, not to open a whole hornet's nest, but even um, their connection with social media in there with each other. I mean, there are just so many factors and ways for them to be connected on campus. Um, and so I just think that's an important thing to look at for them. And we're moving to project-based learning. I think that's a huge piece of the connectedness and um, and the older we get, the more we collaborate and help co-create that and not us doing it down for them like the state does to us, but with them, what's important to them and what do they see? And those teachers know that. So, so maybe even crafting some of our things differently and including our students. I know that's initiative. You've talked about that being an initiative for us this year and, and putting more um, invitation and responsibility on our students to help speak into that. So, mm -hmm. sorry, I know that's a lot, but I just think it's so important um, to have that piece to it. So, thanks. One thing I forgot. I got just a, just one more before I get into it. Is it possible for us to come to you right now? We've got a lot of information that's in silos, like in the appendix, because how many of this, how many of that? Can we say to you, can you tell us of this category of students who identify in this way? How many of them feel safe? Can you take disaggregate and then create sort of cross-referencing of the data? Can of the two that? different surveys? If we no, of the one survey, like it says, like the 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 so the climate and culture or the or the California how the kids bottom survey. one, the last one on the last climate culture. It, it, so if we said to you, we see thirty percent of the students break that down into how many of those students identify. Uh, through uh, gender or sexual identity? How many identify through uh, demographic? Or can we just find out yes. who these kids are in a little broader sense? Can you do that? Yes. So if we asked you, you could so you could get a specificity of that. If you asked. We will. Okay, thank you. In December. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm missing. Um, I, and I'm very quick because I, I agree with John on the SAT um, uh, measurement. I think that should definitely be 
um, we looked at. And the other thing that I wanted to just mention, um, and Stacy and Lori mentioned it about um, feeling connected to school and how it drops off so significantly in middle school. Um, I feel like when kids, kids and parents get to middle school, they, you know, they're sort of like you're, you, you know, you want to create a sense of independence, and you want, and parents are like. Whoosh. We're, we're, we're past elementary school and um, that I don't have to, you know, run around and put carnivals on, but, um, or maybe I do sometimes, but, um, uh, <laughs> um, but sort of where can we find a continuity of, so, and then, and then it sort of stays similar through high school. And we know that certain people feel connected, especially at high school, because there are so many opportunities to find your place at high school that and. I'm wondering if we can, if there's what's happening in middle school and if there's more continuity, maybe we have more success as from sixth through 12th grade, because we, we're, we're connecting in sixth grade and it's just the pattern keeps, keeps itself going. Um, so it's just a, just something to sort of, you know, I feel like yeah, and just to clarify too, that the two surveys have two different audiences. So the California Healthy Kids Survey is only looking at ninth and eleventh grade. The climate and culture is looking at ninth through twelfth. It's all high schoolers. So we have, so because the state only requires us to do those particular grade levels, that's all we give it to. That's why in our own Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District survey, we give it to all of them, fourth grade all the way up to twelfth grade. So it's more comprehensive of our students. So I, I can just segregate that for you. Um, John, because that is all of our kiddos, where the others is very segmented by those three grade levels. I'm looking at the that slide that you had up before, which, which is fifth, seventh, ninth, and eleventh grade. Which yeah, fifth, so seventh, ninth, and eleventh. So right. that so that's the California which, Healthy Kids Survey, right? Which is the state CDE. State. Well, that's the one we're required to get by Ed Code. Gotcha. But if you look towards the end, the one that had a chunkier like a synopsis of the of the information, right. that's the climate and culture one, which we give to fourth through twelfth. Right. And it's not aggregated by grade. Here. It wasn't. No, right. but I okay. can do that. That would be great. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and so if it's not reflective of what the state finding is, then it might. No. Yeah. The, my, the California healthy kids, we, that's a required one we have to get by right, state. Yeah. Right. I, I understand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, um, I guess I'm sort of blending the two and if it's, if the numbers don't yeah, they're pan separate. out, then I, mm -hmm. you know, then maybe we can, yeah, we can definitely a do a, a deeper dive into the other one. Okay. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Anything else? And just to put one more thing, just just keep um, this on on radar, because it's always been, and people have always asked me, as students in in the elementary, you all play together. As you move on to middle school, we start breaking apart in terms of you know ethnic ethnic groups. So you will have in lunchtime you would see all the Latinos in one area, the African Americans, so mainly those two, or um, and now I don't know now that now that we have other more. Uh, I think I think groups in the in the in the community now, but it's always been to me interesting enough to see how um, you know that 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 this is still happening. It, it it hasn't been like all of a sudden that's kind of broken and people are now identifying to other activities and stuff like that and and can gather with everybody because they still don't. Um, so that's always been my my kind of thing. I'm gonna think like what can we do to be able to change that? Whether it's like you know, Dr. Shelton, I've always talked about is that maybe is getting them involved in middle school in in an activity that um that it that that becomes like their family and where they can hang out and irrespective of diversity, but they're they're all there. They diversify it just because everybody can can hang out because they they love music or love, love the arts 
And that's all really they have in, in you know, they have the visual and performing arts at, at, at the middle schools because, and the sports are coming up now, up the ranks. So hopefully that will make a big difference. But um, anyway, that's something I'll just throw you. Maybe we can, some of us can kind of look into that more and, help, and work with you on that piece. Because the other thing though, is that we also mentioned too, as professionals, we still get together with our own professional groups. You know, you have the Latino Lawyers Association, you have the, you know, we have our own school board members and social Latino school and elected officials and all that stuff too. So that everybody still separates, you know, based upon the diverse group, but um, as professionals, but I don't know. I mean, we're just going to throw it out because my, my daughter always says, well, why? Your generation does. We don't. I guess maybe as us as adults, we do, but maybe the new generation doesn't. So we need to kind of begin, begin to change that a little bit. Yes, I just want to comment on, on, on um, I was at Samo High this week, and I happened to go there during lunchtime um, to pick up one of the containers. And, and it was, you're speak, I, I, my experience in my public high school was that it was very much segregated. And um, when I walked onto the Samo High cafeteria, I was ve very surprised to see that our kids, it looked very diverse. I was very happy to see. I know that we have had parent complaints about long lunch lines, but what I saw in the cafeteria was that kids were eating together and it didn't look like it was segregated at all. And they were having a good time and we were feeding a lot more students and the line was moving quickly. And that's, that's I just wanted to share that. It was beautiful. It was beautiful because I remember experiencing sitting on the Latino table during lunchtime. And that's not what I saw at Samo High this week. I saw that it was, you know, it I just it made it made me feel like, oh, this is this is a good place. I know that we still have work to do and some of our kids um could feel more connected, but at least during that lunchtime there there were tacos and the food looked amazing <laughs> by the way so maybe tacos brings people together <laughs> but um yes i just wanted to share that thank you thank you okay is there any more i guess no that's it we can go on and on and okay thank you so much thank you so much dr Williamson. i mean You've done great. I know you've had a lot of hats on, but we really appreciate it. Too bad she left because you're going to give her some work to do tonight, huh? <laughs> okay. So now we move on to um, major action items. And we have um, a resolution in support of our of Safe Schools Month. And I think we're, we're going to include just the two revisions. This is the one that we brought, we, we kind of read at the last board meeting. But we were bringing it back because we did we made two provisions to that resolution. So, Stacy, you get to read those first. Now, therefore, be it resolved that Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District holds regular drills as prescribed in both school site and district emergency plans, and that said plans involve all school district personnel, approved educational providers, and community partners local law enforcement, fire and medical rescue personnel, emergency management personnel, and others essential to preventing, mitigating, or resolving any potential crisis. Be it further resolved that Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District review school site discipline rules and procedures to ensure that they are appropriately enforced 
and that student parent handbooks explaining codes of conduct, unacceptable behavior, and disciplinary consequences are given to all students, parents, and caregivers. Be it further resolved that Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District will continue to work with a broad spectrum of local community partners, law enforcement, mental health professionals, parents, students, teachers, and staff to take any threats of violence seriously and to develop implement and monitor policies and programs that foster and support a positive school climate free from harassment and violence. Be it further resolved that Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District urges the state of California and the United States Congress to invest in wraparound services to prevent bullying, harassment, discrimination, and violence in our schools and to provide funding for programs and staff, such as counselors, nurses, and psychologists, that supports students' mental, physical, and emotional health. Be it further resolved that the Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District urges the state of California and the US Congress to provide strong leadership to prevent gun violence in schools and elsewhere in our communities, including pursuit of all legally permissible, wise, effective, and responsible means of regulating possession and availability of guns. Thank you. Does anyone move the move by Lori, seconded by Stacy? Okay, since you both made the, the recommendations for changes. Okay, the revision. Okay, let's take that vote. Mira? Yes. Mira says yes. Okay, Jen? Yes. Alicia? Yes. Lori? Yes. John? Yes. Stacy? Yes. And it's a yes by me. So thank you. That was good. I think we have some um, informational items that are on there, the revisions to AR and uh, E, what is that, AR and E is? Exhibit, okay, thank you. 6173, Education for Homeless Children and Supplemental Instructional Materials were there. And then we have general public comments. I believe we have one general public comment, um, Ms. Sarah Mahir, um, in person and none online, so. Sarah, you requested two minutes. Good evening, board. This is not the first or second or third or even fourth time I've come here requesting to speak to you guys about some very real, real issues happening at the site I work at here in Santa Monica. Many of these issues you guys have kind of touched on today being that we have a little bit of issue with kids feeling racially discriminated against and a lot of inequity within the community. I have reached out to the board since 2022 and prior. I have unanswered emails from Keith Coleman, unanswered emails to the board even as recently as last year. I would really, really like to voice my concerns to you. It is really important. And I'm additionally requesting to have a meeting um, with Dr. Shelton, by the way, congratulations, welcome, thank you. And I also wanna say that um, out of everyone that I've come to here with my concerns, only Dr. Shelton has responded. So I'd really like to get an audience with you guys. I'd really like to bring these concerns to you. It is really important for the safety and the overall well-being of our community. Thank you. Oh, one last thing. Um, uh, Alicia made a comment about the SAMO High and how diverse it is. That is the SAMO High that I went to. 
That is the Samo High that my friends and I went to. Completely diverse, completely inclusive. We were all one. It was amazing. And I really wish that our district could get back to those core values and principles because the values and the response around our community is just changing vastly. And I hate to say, I don't truly believe it's for the better. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is all public comments. Now leave it open to any, any specific board items that they want to, or comments that, go ahead. I was just gonna mention, and actually we had a meeting this week, but John, Lori and I, who serve on the facilities DAC and a subcommittee for facilities also um, were, was going to create a subcommittee for um, just to, to um, look at the overall uh, after school programs in the district, but it seems to be sort of blended now. So I feel like um, I just wanted to sort of bring that to an understanding to the board, the people on the board that it was that, you know, we're actively um, looking into um, what exists as a, as a district, what the needs are and where we're going from there. Okay, so you're going to be working as part of the already the existing committee to, and, and just to kind of get a, a handle in terms of all of the after school programs that we have, or throughout the day programs. Because so we, after school, okay, all right, okay. Any other comments from board members? Is anything? Uh, there's both board member items and board member comments. Right, right. Which so, are we doing right now? Well, we're we're just doing board member comments but okay. um the i just want to do it if you want to okay you want whichever i mean if you, if okay. you go into items if you have items um so uh i just wanted to say that the uh, malibu city council met last week and they did um pass through approval for malibu high school and it requires a second reading and that is going to be happening um between this meeting and the next time we meet again but it's anticipated to go through um, and then there should be a groundbreaking on the 30th. So um, there's been great community support um, here and with the city and with Coastal to finally get Malibu High unstuck. Okay. And so this it's going, going it's back on track. Celebration. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to okay. share that. Um, and the city of Malibu has also been asked by our parent community, which functions as um, the um, SMEF, since we don't have an ed foundation over Malibu, to um, uh, explore funding for help with things like middle school sports in Malibu, which um, is not funded that way, and other things that SMEF funds. And so that's moving forward. Um, not that money is coming, but that it's being forwarded for requests. And so I just think that's important for everybody to know. So thank okay. you. All right. Any other comments or? Okay. Okay. Look, no, go ahead. I just wanted to make an announcement that Edison is having um, its um, fall festival, which is Dia de los Muertos, and that is going to be October 28th from 12 to 5 p.m. So we invite all of our community to join us in celebrating. And um, yes, that's an announcement. Some of the, they're having a special reception the night before on the 20th. Yeah, for the board members. So, and, and other community members that, you know, can make it. Unfortunately, I'll be out, so I won't be able to make it this year. But anyway, have fun, everybody. It's always such a nice event. So this is what I'm saying, that that we, that Edison does this, the Los Muertos, 
And of course, some of us were there for the um, for the Grant uh, World Festival, and it was beautiful. You know, it was again all the different cultures that were being represented that evening. We had a great time that afternoon in eating everybody's every all kinds of food. Some I've never tasted. We I tasted it for the first time, so it was great to see. And those are the camaraderie. And this is hopefully the change that we're going to be making at most of the schools that they get to enjoy each other's cultures and understand their languages, their foods. To see that, yeah, that you know. Um, this is what the new, this is what the new you know, school districts are. We're not separate, but we're we're working together. That's one. Oh, that's right. And we did. I got. I actually got a little film from. We we were able to start moving in the bungalows, the new bung. Well, not well, the bungalows. We'll just put. That we're destroying the old bungalows at Grant, and they they started this week, um, taking them all down to put in the. The, the new bungles that are going to be replacing the old ones that were falling apart. So anyway, that's great news for many of us on the board that worked on that one to make sure that got through and it happened. So anyway, you know, um, we look forward to the final product anyway in a few months. Yes. Yeah, so go ahead. And I know you shared that Richard wasn't here tonight and he is with family this week. And we yeah. yes, his son was actually um his is one of the great thing, great focus that his son um left was in the arts, the dance arts and He's actually had a performance tonight with with one of the ensembles that he that he's at NYU and uh, he they had a, a great performance this evening in New York, so that's even great. And just one other last thing, you know, that I actually and I'm blanking on a thing right now, um, um, that he actually performed this this Sunday at, at the Broad Stage. Um, again, when this is one of our students, he was conducting this this Sunday. Um, Brown, oh, Eli Brown. Eli Brown and I, I, I went to the performance. It was wonderful, and it's great to see our students moving up in the world. And for those that always think the arts, what is the arts? You're not gonna find a job. Well, this young man, he perform, he's performed and won a lot of accolades all over Europe, and so this was his great debut in the United States um, here at, at the Broad Stage in Santa Monica. And I think he's gonna be out there helping conduct in in San Francisco, the San Francisco Symphony. So congratulations to him and his proud parents, you know, and um, I look forward to seeing many of what, more of our of our students moving forward and, you know, being um, and doing well in the in the arts. So anyway, thank you. Can I get with that happy note, a motion to close the meeting moved by Lori, seconded by Alicia. All those in favor. Okay, thank you. all. Good night. Thank you all for a good meeting.